Good afternoon, and welcome to episode three of The Nature of Things by Jack and Roxana. We're really, really um, grateful to have everyone listening. If you are listening, um, yeah, everyone is a is an is an interesting <laughs> word to be using, but nonetheless, we're still here, um, and we'd like to start off as um, we do every time with an acknowledgement of country. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are meeting, the Ngunnawal people, and we pay respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that the name Waroni itself was taken from the people of the Wadi Wadi Nation without permission, and we are striving to do better. And then in um, tradition now, we also go a little bit deeper and acknowledge something that isn't Um, addressed very much in Australian society and something that I've been thinking about recently quite a bit um, is the relationship between Indigenous law, so the laws that have been um, implemented on this country for tens of thousands of years, um, so the relationship between those laws and the laws that we are governed by now um, under the Australian constitutional legal system. Um, Yeah, I'm studying law at the moment, just started actually, um, and something that I was never aware of growing up and it was never really addressed in high school, primary school or any part of my formal education was the fact that Australia had and still has Um, a number of like thousands and thousands of complex legal customary systems um, that obviously vary from different from place to place and land to land Um, and it sort of just has opened my eyes up recently to understanding that the foundations upon which that many of the foundations upon which Australia constitutional or colonial Australia were built um, are not necessarily justified in the way that the Western um, legal system thinks they are. And stuff like terra nullius, the the doctrine of terra nullius, I mean, upon reflection, and it has been um, since 1901 or 1788, um, declared as a legal fiction. But if we just look at it, the fact that the the settlers used terra nullius as a means to import British um, colonial and common law to Australia, it, I think, is like the the complete antithesis of what we would view as justice, equality, fairness, all of these things that are sort of drilled into us um, as we're growing up. And yet we don't learn about them nearly as much as we should. Yeah, so that's just an, that's just a bit of food for thought. Um, does anyone have any more to say on this issue? Or I'm going to let um, Mayo go first. Sorry, <laughs> and we forgot to introduce her again. We're so bad at introducing people. I apologise for that, <laughs> but we will get to that. So you go first and then I'll... And then yeah. No, um, I was just actually, I realise nobody can see me. I always forget that. But I was just <laughs> nodding along to everything <laughs> Jack is saying. Um, and I think it is really important, especially to include that in the acknowledgement of country. I think that's brilliant. And I never would have thought of that. So I'm definitely going to be like thinking about taking it deeper whenever I do an acknowledgement of country now. Um, but yeah, I think law is a really tough one because we see these legal systems and we like stand by these legal systems when we're in trouble. But that's only, like, I'm saying we as in, like, a white woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, and what even is the justice of it anyway? What do I classify as justice and why am I justifying that legal system as well? I think is really important to explore and, like, question, definitely. Um, But, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I think that's really definitely food for thought. And I just want to also say really importantly is... um Everything that I did say is coming from a very inexperienced, like, first-year law student. Mm. Like, even though I have essentially no knowledge mm. in in these areas or very little in compa- relative to others, I still think that despite my lack of knowledge, mm. 
the fact that I'm still able to, and I think it's not only just me, but it's people everywhere, regardless yeah. of whether you're doing law or yeah. studying something else. I think that you don't need to be a lawyer to see the inconsistencies exactly. and the hypocrisies that exist within the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not really a, it's not even necessarily like a law issue. It's yeah. more just like it's a human issue. Exactly. It's how yeah. we exist. It's how our society functions and runs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really sort of good topic to sort of ground ourselves mm. and um, like find common ground in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's super broad and means a lot because our society is sort of built on that. Yeah. <laughs> I also think. <laughs> Just, sorry. sorry, guys. We accidentally pulled off the. But we're okay now. It's then okay my now. friend's like, "No, don't think. You're like not allowed to think." <laughs> Took um, it away from you. <laughs> silence. Um, but just to add on top of that quickly, mm-hmm. I think also it's really important how we are like. Well, Australia does incorporate like indigenous like rule mm-hmm. here and there, but I don't think it's enough to give them to be like. Because when, when I was studying, like, law and also when I did, like, legal studies mm. in school, they'd be like, there are some traditions that the courts will hand over to Indigenous people mm-hmm. to handle within the community and stuff. Yeah. But I don't think that's enough. Mm-hmm. I think this was their land. This is their land. So they need to be incorporated into every aspect of law um, that there is available because mm. they know the land better than we do. This was their home. And they obvi- they had a system in place before mm. we came and took over. Exactly. And by we, I mean Britain, not I. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's enough to be like, well, we have given them this and we yeah. have given them that and people should be glad. No, exactly. I don't. I think we, there, sh- there should be more done. And it's, it's like very idealistic of me yeah. to be like, we need to do all of this because we're going up against a system that refuses to even acknowledge how, mm-hmm. um, how much of a colonial power and like, destructive entity it was Mm. so also that whole thing of like um i know they're talking about having a referendum Mm -hmm. to have a first nations voice in the constitution but i was also talking about that in uh, the course i take um indg 1002 and we were saying how it is still tokenistic Mm -hmm. as well because like why are we even having a referendum to invite somebody to represent their community in the constitution like i think the constitution itself yeah. as an existence is already, like, such a coloniser yeah. way of having things run. So it just it feels very, yeah, I yeah. don't think people are happy with it. The Constitution was enacted for the people. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Like, well, so why yeah, no, the Constitution yeah. else would have that word <laughs> going around like that. But also, can I add, mm-hmm. the Uluru Statement that, like, kind of happened mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. I remember speak, Dr... Um, Goring from the ACT Green Senate was saying that um, a lot of how Indigenous communities function, I'm not Indigenous, I'm just saying what mm-hmm. I heard. So obviously maybe mm-hmm. it's coming from an uneducated or lack of in-depth like mm-hmm. knowledge, which I will obviously do more work in. Yeah. But what she was saying was that um, Indigenous communities often have like a consensus and it's like a majority mm. and they speak about it and mm-hmm. then they decide on the problem. Whereas in the, in the Uluru Statement, a lot of people actually walked out, a lot of Indigenous people yeah. walked out. Uh, but yep. Australia went ahead with them and was like, yeah, we have an Uluru Statement. It's not enough because the people that needed to be involved and sh- and pine, like and should have been involved yeah. and should have had the say walked out. Mm-hmm. So you didn't actually really do it for Indigenous people and it is mm. tokenistic as well yeah in that regard and it was represented when like senator thorpe said colonizer queen because it's so true and everyone was up in arms but i thought a week ago pauline hansen walked out in the acknowledgement of country and we're not caring about that yeah. but this woman references the queen as who she is and everyone suddenly oh my god this video's gone yeah. viral and like we're all upset but i was like god they have the british should. museum yeah. it's <laughs> like look at what all the stuff we took yeah what, like why oh are you my so god upset? museums yeah Cancel museums, like cancel ANU museum specifically. The classics one? Cancel all of them. (laughs) (laughs) They actually, yeah, so bad, Mm, not good at all. (laughs) Heard, heard. Sorry. So on that note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on that that lovely note. Okay, so (laughs) we have a lovely, very important special guest on, Maya. Mm -hmm. Live her, love her, laugh her. (laughs) 
Um, we met in Moroni. Uh-huh. She is literally a light in my life. Sometimes Aww. I'm like, what's the point of like getting up? What's the point of hearing things? Then I go, oh, my Emma, because I have to get back to her eventually. Stop it. I'm such a cancer. I'll literally yeah. start crying at the cancer. table. Oh Slay. <laughs> so a cancer, Libra, and Aquarius walk into a bar. Whoa. Um, and, yeah, she's amazing. She's a beautiful human. So understanding. So... It always acknowledges her white presence, which is so slay, makes everything feel so much more safer. But I would let you kick off as well. Okay, okay. Well, that was a beautiful introduction. Yeah, we did meet in Moroni and then I met Jack through Roxy, who I thought was John for a really long time. But you thought I was a Maddie for a long time. So Claire. Claire. (laughs) So much worse. (laughs) It's not even an M name. No, but that's how we met. And I don't know, Roxy and I just like, all of a sudden we were just like, wow, we're both poor. Let's relate over that. (laughs) That's like probably our basis of like relating to each other. Um, But yeah, I'm an executive producer at Waroni, Slay, Love in the radio team. I'm also a lesbian, which is a big part of my identity. It's who I am. I love saying the L word. Um, <laughs> I love it. I think we spoke about how Jojo Siwa thought it was a bit of a dirty word. What? And I was like, how dare you, Jojo? Wow. And then even she tried to apologize and she was like, no, you know, it's like the word moist for me. And I was like, even then I'm like, think about it. Why don't you like the word? Like, because you've been taught. not that, anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I, I digress. I digress. No, no, speak your truth. <laughs> Did she? Why? She would, just, yeah. She yeah, just well, sort of said that like. She didn't like identifying as a lesbian, which is fair enough to one's individual identity. Mm-hmm. But don't go ahead and like speak for the lesbian community and yeah. like the word, especially because it does have a history of everyone being like, it's a bit gross. It's a bit like. That's insane. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I am a lesbian. So I will tell you that very proudly. Yeah, um, yeah that's me. What I, I live at Uni Lodge as well. It's a big part of my identity. <laughs> Okay, so nightmare stories. Um, we're going to get into them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like, this is queer woman erasure doing this to her, putting her through this hell, this horror, these cockroach infestations. Um, That's the truth. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, any everything you're comfortable with. Okay, really. okay, okay. We're not going to be like, out so, yourself. So it's like, like a therapy session. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Trauma dump. Do you have like a coming out story? Yeah. Do you uh-huh. feel comfortable sharing Yeah, yeah, out? of course, Go. if you'd like that. Um, yeah, so I sort of knew I was like gay since I was like, I just remember being 14. I remember laying in my little bed and I was like, I kind of like the idea of boobs. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> thinking everyone does. Everyone does. I was like, who doesn't? And I thought, let's brush That's that so aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. You know, and I was a strong ally. I mean, like I did a speech on gay rights twice, two separate speeches. One I entered in a competition. Like I was really like I was like, I stand this community. And I remember my mum saying she was like she said something about like bringing a man home and she goes or woman. And I was like, who are you talking about? Because you're not talking about me. (laughs) I was like, this is, I'm literally as straight as they come. Um, (laughs) It was so strong. But the reason my denial was so strong was because like, um, my family did have a, well, my dad specifically, as much as I love him now, he did have a past of like using slurs casually. And I was at a school that used slurs, oh my God, on the daily. And I remember my best friend actually, um, he got called gay like his whole life, his whole life, because he had he was slightly feminine and he was slightly like, quote unquote, flamboyant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we just managed to be besties, which is just so funny now because like we left and like he's in Sydney now, but like we're both just like living our gay icon lives just without discussing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like we must have migrated towards each other, I think, because of that, like yeah. because of being in. And then I do remember a kid in like the popular group in my high school. And when I say popular, like these kids like did drugs every day. Yeah. But that was the popularity <laughs> of my school. Um, and he came out and we have one pub in our town, right? Everyone goes to the pub Friday night, shots at 11. So you're there from like 5 p.m. just drinking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Where are you from? Oh, so I'm from, um, I live about an hour south of Byron Bay, which makes people think that I'm like rich core, but I actually live on property and it's like in a little beach town called Yamba. Oh, Everyone's cute. probably, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but yeah. it's very small. 
So rural. Yeah. Original. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of the towns there are like, I mean, it's not towns, a lot of the houses there are owned by very rich people from Sydney who don't live in them. So it's like slowly becoming less and less people actually living there, more people holidaying there. Like mm. Airbnbs and stuff. Ooh, so many up. Airbnbs. Yeah. Like even Abby Chatfield stayed there. Oh, you know who what? Abby Chatfield is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What was she doing all the way over there? Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> she stayed in this fancy house Airbnb and I looked it up and I was like, Jeez, I was like, uh, and How we're living it in. Night? It was ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> like selling like five hundred. Yeah, like yeah, it was like it was insane, and that's yeah. just for like a basic room. Um, but yeah, that's where I grew up. And then yeah, I think I had like I felt like everyone around me would have resented me if I did come out. But like I said, I had this one another guy in the popular group came out as bisexual. Mm-hmm. We've hit the pub that night instantly. Everyone's calling him the f slur. Within seconds, people are going up to him, literally saying, "You're the f slur at like in the," and he was like, sitting there like, "Do you know what I mean?" Oh. Like it was like they just took away that popularity from him within seconds. They oh. were like, "You and don't he get was it." Harsh. They were like attacking him. It wasn't oh like, my god! Hey, yes, and people are like, his friends awkwardly like laughing. Do you oh. know what I mean? And oh. I was like, but if they'd stood up for him, you know, mm. like I couldn't do that. And so I think I created a bit more of an image. Like, I could have amplified it a little more in my head, but I was just so scared. I was like, plus I hadn't come out to myself yet. So I can't really come out to anyone else because I felt like I would have been telling a lie. I was always like, I'm not actually gay. I'm just, like, imagining it. Like, it's not true, which sounds crazy now. Like, literally sounds crazy. But, like, in the moment I was like, it just can't be the truth. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, my family would have been so accepting. But, like, I was just so scared. I was like, I can't do it. Um, Because I just, like, I was like, what would I talk to my friends about? Because they'd instantly see me differently, you know? Like, they wouldn't relate to me. And even now, like, I don't really talk to anyone from high school other than a couple people do you think that like their kind of like disrespect and stuff came from a obviously a place of like uneducation Mm. um but also like uh like fear that like someone has come out so i could i could be like that they're repressing their own kind of like yeah, Do you know I what think I mean? both. How did you find the dynamics there? Yeah, I think like I guess I know you're not meant to judge on stereotypes, but like if there was one gay kid in my year, they were like the stereotype of being gay. But I didn't, I didn't look like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't look how you imagine like a lesbian, like how people imagine lesbians to look with the short hair and the tattoos and the hairy legs and whatever they like to imagine. Do you know what I mean? So I was like. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just... And I felt like nobody had ever seen any other queer representation at my school, any, like, even, like, trans people they didn't think existed. Do you know what I mean? Like, so they'd never seen it. Um, so I think it's just that whole ignoring, like, just taking a blind eye to it, I yeah. think. Um, and, yeah, obviously I didn't look like one, and I'm yeah. saying that in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. So they probably wouldn't have even believed me anyway, yeah. you know? Like... And just before, I, I'm really interested to ask you how it changed when you moved out. Mm. But before we go on mm-hmm. to that, just because I think that's sort of shifting the, mm. the conversation a little bit to some someplace else. What do you, like, who do you think was the hardest to come out to? Because I think mm. something that was, that you said that sort of sparked my interest or made me think was the fact that you said, like, I wasn't even out to myself yet. Mm. And I can imagine that, Accepting yourself, yeah. firstly, um, would be one of the hardest things yeah. to do because I'm sure that there are people that, I don't know, do things and so on, yeah. but they don't recognise them yeah. as, or they still don't identify as gay or lesbian or bisexual like, and stuff like that. Yeah. Coming out, well, I wouldn't know, but like it would be quite scary because yeah. it's just you alone knowing this. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine like... Yeah. yeah, well, and I guess, like, I was already in Canberra by the time I sort of came out to myself, but I think mm. it had been such a long journey of me, like, I just remember driving home one time, it was like a 30-minute drive from my school to my house, and I just remember, like, almost crying, because I was like, am I am I gay? Like, is this the truth? Is this my truth? Or I just always had, like, such imposter syndrome, I was like, I'm lying to myself, like, 
And I like, I guess I, I was in that era of like 2020, like TikTok. And I just remember being like my feed being full of like gay discourse, which can actually be really, really harmful because I thought that I had to look a certain way. I thought I had to act a certain way. And I thought I had, I was like, also, like, I'd never um, had any, like, sexual relationships or romantic relationships with anyone ever. So in my head, I was like, well, I've never experienced anything, so I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought I had to wait until I experienced something to know. Um, But I I think if I could go back to me, then I would shake me and be like, like, get with it. Like, (laughs) it's fine to, like, be attracted to that and still not, like, have experienced anything. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, I think definitely coming out to myself was probably the hardest. And I think it's hard because people are like, but your family's so accepting. And I'm like, but it's not that traditional narrative of, like, coming out and your family hates you and kicks you out. It's like, (laughs) like, what is it? It's a bit more nuanced. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I was just so worried that it wasn't real. Yeah. Which seems crazy because it's like, but it's just your sexuality. Like, I think in this bubble at ANU, everyone's like, it's just like, it's just you like women. Like, who cares? But I'm like, it's such a big thing inside. Like... I was like, is this what I want to, like, is this who I am, you know? It's so scary. And yeah. I think, yeah, different people have different relationships with their sexuality. Like, mm. for some people, sexuality is a huge thing in their life, mm. whereas for others it's not, I mean, it's not, like, a really important issue at all. Mm. Like, and I think perhaps when you come from a smaller place or mm. you're not as exposed to ideas or people or concepts and mm. so on, um it can be hard to sort of break out mm, of that of absolutely. that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, like, I, I would say, like, I came from Melbourne, you know, so, like, yeah, big city, everyone sort of fantasises about Melbourne and so mm. on. But even within a big city as well, there are communities. They can be cultural communities. They can be social, school, mm. sport-based, hobby-based and mm. stuff like that. It's really hard to break out of any type of group or community and the way that they mm-hmm. think does have a huge impact on you so yeah i think what you said is super super um interesting mm. yeah and i think it's super yeah like and you said like comparing now to canberra mm. how did you find you sort of gave us a little bit mm. of a taste yeah but how did you find coming to canberra um well i i like moved here we flew me and my mum and my mum stayed with me for four days in like a motel as we were like unpacking my stuff like living at lodge meeting my roommates and I remember getting dressed and I was like very much giving like bisexual queen I had like lots of jewelry on I had like I actually always buy these clothes from this lesbian artist shut up um she's she's amazing and I already had like one of her t-shirts on that had a huge rainbow on it And I was wearing, like, my little sneakers and I had, like, straightened my hair. And I remember looking in the mirror and I was like, I look kind of gay, like, before we went to meet my new roommates. And that flashed in my head and I was like, (laughs) I was like, did I just say that in my head? And I was like, no, I didn't. (laughs) See, still repressing. (laughs) Still. (laughs) Excuse me. But then I, like, sort of got settled in with my roommates and... We went to Moose a few times <laughs> and I like kissed some guys and I was like, wow, this is just as bad as I remember it being. But it must be like that for everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I just remember like obviously that's how I met my girlfriend, Lucy. She was my roommate. And we've developed this really close friendship. And I was like, she's amazing. Like, I, I genuinely have never met anyone I've related to more or wanted to be around more in my life. And I like had a history of like, bullying and stuff you know and like obviously that school sounded terrible just based off what I told you so I was like well and she told me she was like yeah I'm a lesbian and I was like I felt like this is the lesbian right in front of me I'm seeing one right now and you know she doesn't go like she doesn't look like the short haired tattooed hairy legs lesbian she just looks like a woman that has told me she's a lesbian do you know what I mean like and I remember we were at Moose one night and we're with these other friends we'd met and I was like oh Lucy you told me there's a there's a gay club in Canberra and she was like oh cube yeah I looked it up before I came like she came from Sydney and I was like oh could could we go like just for fun like because it's a bit of a safe space Ugh. Oh, no. <laughs> 
And she took me and I kissed the first girl I ever kissed in that club, which was not Lucy, it was another girl. We hate her now, she was terrible. But yeah, um, <laughs> of course, I, I, I very much, name, very no, quickly Christine. entered the crazy side of like lesbianism and like yeah. she was like five years my senior. And I, yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was really like very cancelled vibes. Um, but it was so good. I would not change it for the world, those experiences that I had. Like, yeah. oh, I ended up at a dinner with her and like, six other lesbians and they yeah it was crazy wow. which is like I, i've talked to some people and they're like that's an initiation like yeah yeah you were at the last <laughs> like, supper there was like some 30 year olds there like <laughs> i was 18 so would you say that that story like is that a like is that like a very sort of generic coming out story or like or? i don't i don't know I, I don't know because I like it was weird. Like initiation sort of gives me the vibe that like, oh, everyone yeah. goes through it. You know? Is that like actually a thing? Well, like, I guess it there, was. Does everyone have like a little initiation yeah. or what is it? Well, I guess it was good talking to Lucy as well. She was yeah. very much giving me advice, but also she would never tell me too much. Yeah. You know, she wanted me to like experience things for myself and she would like, I'd ask her for advice and she'd be like, it's up to you, you know? Like, and we were not attracted to each other at this point. We were just friends. And, um, yeah, I guess initiation as in, like, I think a, a lot of people talk about how sexual the LGBTQIA plus community can be and it has turned into harmful stereotypes. But there is, of course, like any community, there is that, like, avenue there where if you do want to be very hypersexual, it's it's there for yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? And I did enter that quite quickly, but it I put a lot of pressure on myself in that hookup culture area of it because I thought... I had to go out and have these experiences in order to be experienced and in order for women to want me, mm. which is completely not true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was actually glad at that point I did have, like, TikTok or Instagram or something like that because a lot of other young queer people feel the same. They feel they need to enter that hypersexuality. Um, and it can be dangerous, especially if you don't know and especially if you have older people, even older women that are preying on that sort of thing, which can unfortunately happen. I'm not generalising either. Yeah. I had a question then. Like, in terms of social media, mm-hmm. how much of – how much – well, just quickly first comment. Yeah. For people to say that the gay community or the LGBTQIA plus community is mm-hmm. very hypersexual mm-hmm. is such – a hypocritical statement to make mm. because the most hypersexual community I've unfortunately had the displeasure <laughs> of putting my eyes on as a straight woman is the straight community. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone take it calm. Everyone breathe. Yeah. And, like, just let's all breathe. It's okay. Everyone, you will be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. It's like when they see those babies that have, like, the ladies' man or, like, those <laughs> oh. sexual stereotypes on their little... And I'm like... And you're hating on us, but, like, <laughs> Let's be you're already assuming your child's sexuality before they've even, like, reached one year sexuality, old. Sexuality. Like, bo- I saw this one that was, like, a pink little child's onesie and then a boy's one right next to it in blue. Girl's one was, for a baby, I hate my thighs. And oh. the boy's one was, men, where I'm a superhero. What no. are you bashing into, un- like, these fetuses <laughs> are still pink? Okay, <laughs> all children are pink when they're born. Like the fresh baby they've got, smell. they've got, oh, they've yeah. got that placenta shit on, on them all over. And you both went yeah. different ways. Yeah, so. They're still slimy and like crying all the time. Disgusting. And you do this, so that's that. Yeah. But I just wanted to know because I was, twenty twenty was like a very full on era because we were stuck baby. online. Mm. We yeah. literally, what else were we meant to do? Yeah. Girl? That's how we lived. That's yeah. how we lived sometimes i miss it but i, I romanticize it too much yeah <laughs> i romanticized last year and we were yeah. stuck in that hell hole not able to leave our room yeah but like we were 2020 was the year where we were online 24 7 constantly mm-hmm. and it was i had like gay discourse also yeah. like on my for you page mm-hmm. at all times and it would really make me be like am i yeah. Am I? Am I? Yeah. But I was quite like I I I've known and I've had to sit with the unfortunate fact that I'm not, um, <laughs> and it's really disheartening sometimes. Mm. Not to fetishize, I'm not doing that, but I just no, hate men so much. <laughs> um, and 
Like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, how how full on was it for you? Because you said it was pretty full on. But oh, like, yeah, it was full on. Was it like you were relying on it to kind of tell you what you were? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I could say that, yeah, 100%. And it also, like, there's so many, like, in, like, the queer community, I obviously speak from my perspective only. Like, I don't know what it's like for a gay man or a trans yeah. woman or uh, a non-binary person. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how they experience it. But for me... Um, I just felt like I had to catch up on all of this, like, history and culture of the the queer community. Um, So I was, like, knowledgeable about, like, how people interact. But that is because I was putting it through a lens of, like, heteronormativity. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was was like, oh, my God, how do queer relationships, how do lesbian relationships specifically work? Like, how do women interact with each other romantically, sexually, whatever – but I was putting it through the lens of, like, what I thought a uh, straight relationship looked like. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, there's always, like, masculine one, femme one. Do you know what I mean? And and people think it's silly, but I'm like, if you don't know, then, like, you, how are you going to navigate it? Like, I was like, you know, there's always, like, femme for femme, mask for mask, like, T for T, like, all of this. And I was like, oh, my God, where do I fit in all of this? Yeah. Like, it can be so, so overwhelming. But, yes, I was relying on that yeah. a lot, uh, especially more after I came out because I was like... I don't have anyone to ask to for advice, so social media is the next best thing. Like, Wow, that yeah. must have been such a, like, scary or I'd guess, like, a little lonely <laughs> yeah. to do. Did you also feel like you were still living for the male gaze? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you still, still think I so still now? do, yeah. yeah, yeah I okay. still do. Like, I oh, actually, good example, we just had the lodge ball and I wore a suit and it's the first time I've ever worn a suit to an event. Yeah. It's loving life, but, like, my girlfriend's dressing up. She's getting her hair curled. Like, I didn't make up for her. Like, she was putting a dress on, and I was like, oh. I was like, kind of miss that. Yeah. But I was like, I think I would look ugly in a dress because my hair's short. So I, I'm still really battling with that whole idea, okay. but I only think it looks ugly because I'm, like, thinking of what feminine is and what masculine it is. Yeah. I'm really separating them. So I think that will just take time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely did really, like... I wasn't sure because, like, especially when I first came out, I um, came out as bisexual. So I was always switching between trying to appeal to what I thought women wanted and what I thought men wanted. Um, but then I guess I real I ventured into, like, the label of queer and that was better. And then obviously I came out as lesbian. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't really come out as lesbian. I just tell everyone I'm a lesbian now because that's what I see fit. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so... So, like, it's so, it's not, like, not to sound stupid or, like, mm. kind of, like, oh, that's so <laughs> interesting. But what I mean is it's really, like, interesting to see the trail of thought mm. and, like, everything you mm-hmm. have to go through to now be, like, and this is my friend, Maya, and you'll be, like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. You don't have to explain yourself, obviously, ever, but it's really beautiful to see that. And I'm so happy you're in a oh, thank you. really good place. And Lucy... But if anyone is listening, <laughs> so slay. <laughs> so slay. So amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wanted to also just, I had similar thoughts and I mm. wanted to ask you then, mm-hmm. like, what do you see as the difference between bisexual, queer and lesbian? Like, why mm. did you need to, why did you feel like that in, bet- in between step of queer mm. um, why did you feel that was necessary mm. for you? That's such a at good question. Time? Yeah, well, I came out as bisexual to my family, and I did not come out to any of my friends from high school, and I never ever have. Um, I decided from day one that I wanted to wait until I was in a relationship with a woman, take like let her like introduce her to my family, and just be like, "This is it, hard launch." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's in their face, they can't really say anything to me. Um, and I know a lot of people in the community, they know my family and I knew my mum and dad would stick by me pretty strongly, especially my mum. She's, she's quite strong. Do you know what I mean? She would have, she would have definitely, oh, she's got, um, it's so funny. She's got really short hair and she always has. So she's always been asked if she's like a lesbian because of her short hair and growing up in the eighties. Um, but yeah, I came out as bi and I thought that was such a safe option, which I think nobody Mm. really discusses. But I think especially, like, when you're in a bubble of, like, uni, bisexuality, I felt, was really, like, not necessarily... 
I don't know, I just felt like I'd be accepted more if I came out as bisexual, even though I had no idea if I was even attracted to men or not. Yeah. I just thought it was a safe option, um, which it isn't always. Like, it depends on where you grow up, like, the context that you're living in. But for me personally, I felt like it was a safe option for my family and even my friends if they asked because there's still that possibility that I grow up and have a husband and kids, you know? So I thought for now, that's just what I feel is comfortable with me. Plus, in my head, I was like, maybe I might like men. Like, maybe it'll happen. Just keeping the option open. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I have to keep it open just in case. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You never know. And then um, Lucy and I ended up being together. That was great. And, well, obviously it still is great. Um, But then I was like, I kind of like the label queer because I was like, I feel like it's just so encompassing and I remember speaking to one of my roommates um, who was, like, in the queer department at ANU. And, like, we used to have a lot of, like, like uh, they're trans men as well. We used to have a lot of discourse in, like, our little room about, like, stuff going on. And um, I just remember saying I was queer and they're like, love that for you. Like, that's such a nice broad umbrella term because sometimes even the term bisexual for me felt a bit closed in. Um, because I like the idea, like, possibility being attracted to trans people, non-binary people, like, you know, anyone, really. Um, And I didn't want to feel like I was in a box. So I did really like that queer label. Um, And then I remember there was actually a lot of discourse on TikTok about the lesbian master doc, which I'm not sure if you've heard of that. I've heard of it, It's a huge Google doc basically explaining how if some people feel they may identify as a lesbian but don't know all different options for them about maybe why they think they're still attracted to men. It's not forceful. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily great. It's probably written by a random person. I don't know. Um, also, we don't know the identity of who... Don't know. Uh, people <laughs> just share it all the time. There's a little link in the TikTok yeah. comments. I was like, why don't I read this? Yeah. And it was actually helpful for me because it sort of explains compet and how, like, different avenues you might express because you feel you need to be attracted to men. And for me, that was definitely like in the male gaze. Um, Like I I still felt like when I wore certain things, I was like, I need to look good just in case like a man is attracted to me. Or like when I interact with men, I'm always worried about like how I get anxious. And I thought that was like flirting, but it's not, (laughs) I realised. Do you know what I mean? That anxiety is like me being like, oh, I, I don't really want this to go any further. Um, so that was a really big eye-opener for me, but I just never really said anything. I just thought, I'll just keep it chill with queer. Like, that still encompasses my attraction to women, so that's good enough for me. And then I guess, like, having a girlfriend who's a lesbian, she's very out and proud about being a lesbian, um, I sort of was like, I think I'm a lesbian too. Like, I was just like, I just don't see myself being with a man in the future. And also I think it's really hard to question your identity when you're in a relationship. Because in my head, I I had to try and imagine myself outside of this relationship with a person. And, like, I was discussing it with her as if I wasn't with her. So it was really hard because I was like, do it. But then, like, I guess that's a whole identity politics thing. Like, is it really worth discussing? Do you know what I mean? Or can I just chill and just be like, okay. Um, So I think that's hard because some people are like, labels are bad. And others, like, labels are good. For me, labels were good. But I do understand how they can be really harmful. Um, but they did help me come to my lesbian identity, so. That's perfect. I think also just on the bi- bisexuality kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'm saying this, like, as someone who is not part of the community, strong no, as... we love your positionality you. every time. A-S-F <laughs> ally. Um, <laughs> but I feel like you're right about uni sort of making it feel like a safe space or people even experiment on nights out mm. with, like, um, the same like uh, gender and stuff mm. like that mm-hmm. um and then like kind of go that's like sort of it for them yeah but it, it doesn't go any further for them mm-hmm. in terms of other aspects of mm-hmm. like but i don't even think that like sexuality only includes sexual stuff i think mm. it has to do with emotion absolutely and the comfort you're feeling around certain people i absolutely. think sexuality is pushed by the like straight community mm-hmm. very full on mm-hmm. because they just literally I like, <laughs> like just really full on with everything that they <laughs> want to do with someone. <laughs> um, I actually had an yeah. interesting experience as well. Um, 
to, speaking of sex, is it's so hard, like, because especially being in a relationship too um, and, like, wanting to talk to my friends about hookups I've had or something like that, but they, because I had a lot of straight friends, don't really want to listen. Do you know what I mean? They might listen, but you can tell they're, like, what's involved in your idea of sex. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, they, yeah. they, they want to ask the questions and I can see it, like, itching on the, like, down the edge of their seat, but they know it's wrong. Yeah. But I'm, like, just ask me. Like, just ask me those questions that you think are bad because then we can at least talk about it and I won't sit here feeling like I'm being hypersexual. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there's too much, like, red tape around... Mm. I mean, obviously, regardless of mm. whether it's like a, a straight relationship, mm. a queer relationship, yeah. or any other type of relationship, you need to be tactful mm. and you need to yeah. be receptive to what the other person is willing to share. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do you think that there's almost like a taboo about like... Because uh, I don't know. I can say for very much friendship groups that I've been part of, yeah. sex is spoken about quite openly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, yeah. that... And that's, I think... Well, sex in general, yeah. I mean, and sex across the broad, like a, across the broad spectrum mm. of like intimacy, mm-hmm. whether that be physical, emotional, yeah. mm-hmm. um, intellectual, and so mm. on. So that sort of stuff, I think, has been spoken about quite a bit in which our group, which I, I think, think is I a think really it was good, good definitely. Let people talk about experiences, find similar experiences, talk about what they like, what mm. they dislike. But I yeah. feel like that's probably different for you because mm. you would have to be like. And, th- like, it wouldn't be as open because if you had, like, sat in on mm. one of our, com- like, our friends' conversations, you'd be like, okay, everyone's just talking about it. And yeah. you could jump in and probably mm. say things and no one would bad night because <laughs> it's just, like, so normal. Yeah. But, like, you feel like – would you be upset if someone was like, hey, can you explain it to me? Like, <laughs> No, I wouldn't. I love yeah, talking right, about yeah. it. And your friend group sounds amazing. I, yeah. I remember being so jealous of Lucy's friend group because she had a lot of gay friends. Yeah. And she just, like, would talk about it all the time. And I was like, I have no gay friends. And also coming into lockdown in first year, I didn't make a lot of friends because I was, like, literally inside my room. Um, but, yeah, I I don't mind explaining it at all. Like, because when I talk to, like, my straight friends and their idea, like, I had somebody reference real sex to me once. And I looked at them and I said, what's real sex for yeah. you? Because it, I, I know what it is for me. And they were like, no, you know what I mean. And I was like, oh I was like, well, what do you think I do? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think me and my, like, what, what do you think happens? Is, is it fake? Is it like, and see, instantly your faces tell me you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, because people still have that ingrained idea that it has to be like penetration. I hope it's okay for this podcast yeah, to yeah. be a s- sexual intercourse. But I'm like, that's so wrong. Even like it also goes into the idea of like virginity as a social construct and all of that. People forget it. Yeah. And I'm like, what What do you like? I don't know. I just think it's strange because I'm like, if you know these people exist, uh, do you just walk around thinking that they're like not having real sex like their entire lives? Like even the definition of foreplay is so messed up. Yeah. Because I'm like, what? <laughs> like why it's is it? Really, yeah. it's, and it's literally... Sorry, just quickly. It's literally to tell men you cannot just jump you can't on just your dive in yeah. like a dog on heat. You actually have to. <laughs> You've it, got it's to, so true, you've though. You have to respect the other person and like get them. Like, I remember. I remember watching this TikTok and it was like a, a gynecologist, and she yeah. was saying, "The fact is." Women usually need 20 to 40 minutes or 20 minutes of foreplay before um, penetration. And the comments were ridiculous. (laughs) They were like, 20 minutes? (laughs) I was like, bitch, I was like, I've got to reserve fucking three hours of my afternoon. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what are we talking 20 minutes? I was like, are you just like, all right, all right, done, like whatever. I was like... I, I wanted to start crying. I was like, I wanted to start replying and saying, if you want an outlet, like, <laughs> come to, like, like, are you okay? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think even some women, especially straight women, think that's the norm. And I'm like, it should just be explained that it is not the norm no. at all. Like, and it does not have to be. And that's something that we really want to speak yeah. about in... Not the next episode, but the episode after that. We're going to take a deep dive, even though we've already said that word, like a dive into 
into sex or we're going to go explore sex mm, love i'm um, literally gonna listen i'll be producing no jokes like, i won't be yeah, <laughs> i'll come sit in sit up a little beanbag so, it is so so interesting yeah to hear it's because like everyone's perspective and yeah. stuff like that and i just and it's just funny conversation as mm. well yeah like yeah well, this is like we've mm. been laughing and stuff like that it doesn't actually have to be all that serious. Be serious yeah no like way it, like and i think that's what i think People take themselves too seriously, mm, and I think mm-hmm. that's the the problem sometimes. Yeah. Um, there needs to be obviously we need to respect. Yeah. yeah. But I think once that shared respect and that mutual sort of acknowledgement of someone else's yeah. humanity, which you know what, like it was probably wrong of me to say that because in so many instances, like we've been proved wrong that like accepting other people's humanity is like an easy thing. Like mm. it's actually for, for a lot of people and like for society in general, like, like it's actually unfortunately not mm, the case. Yeah. Yeah. So us three can be in this room and be like, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun yeah. and stuff like that. Someone else but it for, might not be okay. But yeah. for someone else, like it's a huge issue to them. Yeah. And if they're like at a certain point in their journey, mm. And stuff like that. It's sort of hard for us to sort of be like, oh, yeah, it just doesn't matter. You're taking yourself too seriously. Mm. Like, we need to always come back to the fact that, like, we need to be empathetic and like, yeah. tactful. About it's an individual experience yeah, about taking yourself seriously. And people have, like, different experiences with sex, sexuality, mm. depending on where they've come from and what has happened in their f- – like, mm. and it doesn't always have to be – necessarily mm. bad, even mm. though that exists and it's, yeah. quite, it's more than common, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But – um. Sex encompasses and sexuality encompasses a lot of things. It's not as like like one sided as we all yeah think. exactly. It's like hearing your mm. story and everything, it's like much more in depth. And these are like people, I'm, and by that I mean like you sit with it and you go mm. through it. You, it's not mm. just a spur of a moment kind yeah. of thing. Because I think that like very homophobic, transphobic, and you know people like that just assume that. You slap on a label for yourself and mm. you think, like, this, this, this. They always assume this. But they don't know that it's, like, an inner turmoil because you're fighting against a society yeah. that's, like, literally structured your life out for you. Yeah. As women, we have wombs. They're like, okay, so use it. Yeah. They're like, okay, so you're, I hear so many women go, like, my clock is running out. Clock, girl. Yeah, body clock. You know what's yeah. running out, you know, time to save the earth. That's what's running out because don't worry about your body <laughs> clock. If they, when the waves come in and take us, you know, but uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. They are, we have that in place. Like, yeah. I have to actively, for instance, try to break out of the mindset that, no, I don't want kids and no, I don't want to get Me. married. I'm yep. literally, because yep. I know I don't want it, but yeah. I have to tell myself that. Because there's a part of you that's still like, should I be doing it? Yeah. yeah. So I can only imagine what it's like to be like a queer woman. Mm. I would also like to add just on that like sexual topic, like how you said you want to talk about it more. Yeah. Um, I was always perceived as being a non-sexual person because of how I think, like I've spoken to you before, Roxy, mm, about yeah. feeling like I'm not conventionally attractive and how I didn't have relationships with men in high school. So everyone sort of treated me as like, like, I don't know, like the duff, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't but know how to duff, say it, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like somebody who would not have relationships. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's so interesting now because I feel like myself, even when I didn't have a lot of sex, I was such a sexual being. Yeah. Like, I love talking about it. I love having conversations about it. I love hearing how other people have sex. I think it's brilliant because it's like, it can be so emotive for some people. Yeah. But for other people, they're like, it's a fucking go. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. don't care. But for me, I think it's such, it can be such a spiritual experience as, as well. Like, when you find the right person, connect <laughs> yeah. to them. Like, sorry to say that. I just think it is so yeah, true. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I just I think, like, and. When I discovered that within my own relationship, sorry, Lucy, if you did not want me to discuss this, but I think it's so fucking beautiful and I think, like, more people should talk about it because people are having sex and people are also not having sex and why don't we discuss that? Like, why are we keeping it, like, under the rug, like, you know? Under the sheets. Yeah, under the sheets. Like, why are we saving it for the pillow talk? Why why aren't we, like, discussing it? Like, yeah. And I know, obviously, it makes some people uncomfortable. And like you said, it is important to acknowledge people's standpoint and how comfortable they feel. But if you find you're you're in a group of people that are like, this is my positionality, this is my position, this is Mm. my position, you're like, oh, we all respect each other. All right, let's talk about sex. Like, brilliant. Like, I think that should happen more. And I think something just to add to that that really drills that message home is the fact that it's not fair to impose these conversations on people. Absolutely. You kind of 
it's like foreplay. You kind of warm it up, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I think, but I think that like existing in yeah. this society is enough of like foreplay for sexual for like sexual talk because yeah. every, so much is is sexualized, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at, I mean, and it could, and it's obviously different in different places. But mm. I think like Roxy and I were talking a lot about like ideas of like sex week and stuff like that, mm. and how that can sort of have an impact on people yeah. who come from places or belong to cultures that oh, sex is not yeah religious absolutely. and stuff like that so i think that's right so that's why absolutely. i brought up the point yeah. of like it's not fair to impose yeah. like th- these ideas and these conversations yeah. on people absolutely or people that um, are asexual or like yeah, exactly. aromantic like nobody ever thinks about that either yeah like, absolutely yeah no they are quite forgotten like i feel i feel like for instance it's great to be on campus it's great to be a uni student it's mm. great to be part of this culture where People do this and that and everyone's experimenting. Everyone's having the time of their life. Yeah. I also, but I, I, on the other hand, I think that it's wrong mm. to try and hold these major sex week. Mm-hmm. You can't have like... Even Lodge s- had a sex week yeah, as well. And I, I was like looking at the events and I was like, this is, yeah, what it's is going whack. on? It's whack. Because if you're not going to discuss the nuances of sex, if oh, you're not going to yep. discuss consent, different sexualities, bring in people and make everyone actually attend these so they can have an understanding or sorry not make but like bring it in in a way that people would want to go mm. even if they're from different cultures yeah. and stuff just to, and religions and so you yeah, know they exactly. can go and educate themselves instead of being like sex week we're gonna have photos of this and that yeah. all around you're going to get involved you're gonna yeah. see it on, across your halls people don't want to do that no i think what we're it's talking more about is not that is like more just having safe, open spaces yeah. where people that all agree that they want to talk about something like that can, but not advertising it as a way that, like, oh, my God, you have to want this type That's of sex right. and you have to want yeah. it all the time and you have to be doing it with lots of people and, like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're anti-sex. Actually, you guys, the course I'm doing right now, we're talking about the sex wars of, like, the 80s. Okay, so. um, it's a gender studies course. And we talk about this discourse all the time because mm-hmm. some people are, like very pro-sex and then they're like but then it's like commodified Mm. and then some people are anti-sex and it's like oh but you're a prude do you know what i mean yeah like do you find that there's a lot do you find (laughs) that within your class for Mm. instance there are people who are anti-sex because you don't hear a lot about well no one's really like come out like as the saying they're anti-sex you know they don't want you to really state your own like you have your opinion but like yeah very very yeah because you're like critiquing readings and stuff But there are a lot of people that are pro-sex and it's interesting to hear other people say the whole experience of feeling pressured to be pro-sex in a heteronormative way um, and feel like, again, that whole hookup culture idea and partying and, like, it, it all sort of intersects, I think. So, yeah. Until next time. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>